0: Welcome in. You have found the multicast that has its eyes on Texas football and Texas athletics. It's a product of the Republic of Football on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. We are live at the Austin Radio Network headquarters overlooking the capital city and downtown the 40 Acres. This is episode four of the show and multicast whose content, depth of knowledge and insights will be unmatched in Longhorn Nation and a staple for those who understand that the winning tradition and pride of the University of Texas will not be entrusted to the timid or the weak it's straight talk, it's Texas football, and a little bit of basketball uh, this week. He is Mike Craven, a lifelong Austinite, raised inside the Texas football locker room, currently works as a senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, formerly with the Austin American Statesman and Rivals. Uh, I'm Aaron Hogan, 33 years in Austinite, 24 years a fixture on Morning Drive Radio. Here in the ATX, currently the co-host of B&E in the Mornings on the Longhorn flagship station, The Horn and Horn FM Dot com. Michael, how are you, my friend? We missed, not last week, we did not do an episode. You didn't miss it, didn't enter your inbox or on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes, wherever you catch us. Mike took a a, a beautiful trip to the islands of Hawaii. I did. I did. It was nice. I love the intro. With the Masters coming up,
1: it makes me feel like how they introduced the golfers on the first tee. That's exactly right. Uh, enjoy that a lot. But yeah, uh, a week in Hawaii, and uh, for us at Dave Campbell's, April is the uh, start of
0: magazine season. So, so you got that out of the way, and I'm going to say... Yeah. Uh, if you're new to our multicast, hopefully you can go back and listen to any of the previous episodes. It's all evergreen content. We're talking Texas football, Texas basketball. Uh, probably would have done an episode last week had the Longhorns beaten Miami and made it to the Final Four. Even with you in Hawaii, we would have found some guests and did it. But uh, with you being gone, the Longhorns being out, uh, we go ahead and, uh, and jump forward to this week. Uh, but you can always go back and listen to those. Again, it's on the uh, Republic of Texas Republic of Football on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. Also on the Horns YouTube page. Uh, we'd love for you to watch it. You can certainly listen on Spotify and iTunes, wherever you find podcasts, but we do set up the fancy screens and highlights and uh, make it a visual medium as well uh, on, for our YouTube audience. We appreciate that, but uh, uh, you, know, you were in the islands and we're going to have, we break our show up into four quarters and a halftime. So we're going to have, at halftime, we're going to have a little fun with your trip to Hawaii because there's major breaking news. There's, there's, some, there's some news. Major breaking news uh, with our man Mike Craven coming up at the halfway point. Of our show, also major breaking news for the multicast: we have our first on-air partner and underwriter who's joining our show. Hopefully, the first of uh, of many who are going to be the founding partners and underwriters of this podcast and of this program as it grows. We're really excited to introduce you to them. and uh, That person, who's a good friend of mine, we're going to make this thing happen. But again, the uh, the four quarters, just like a football game. in our first quarter, we're going to talk some Texas, the Texas basketball program, and the decision to hire Rodney Terry as the full time head coach, uh, the Longhorns brass the decision makers decision to do it and where it takes the program moving forward right decision or wrong also quarter two will shift to football texas spring practice through two-thirds of the way through now uh the spring game is inside two weeks now orange white scrimmage april 15th will focus on the offensive progress in quarter two defensive progress in quarter three and then in quarter four we're gonna talk some texas football recruiting since we talked last before mike's trip uh there was a big junior day there's been some commitment news. There's recruiting news, and those junior days are always critical uh, for the classes of 2024 and 25. So we'll get some insight on that, and that'll be our roadmap for the show uh, today and this week. And uh, looking forward to, to having it. Uh, so Mike, back, back and refreshed, back and feeling good. I mean, uh, we'll get to your details of your Hawaii trip, but got to say, you you weren't stuck to your phone, which you you took a vacation. I took a real vacation. I, I did not open my computer one time. Well, that is, that's you know, it's hard to do now. My kids. I have three kids. So when I, I always used to say, "You either take vacations or you take trips. If you're taking your kids with you, it's probably a trip. You know, there's there's a lot that goes with it. But you just took a total vacation." unplugged, mm-hmm. made some breaking news, which we'll talk about coming up. Can't wait to hear about that. But uh, feeling good, ready to go for your busy month of April? And it helped
1: because nothing big happened across the state. You know, nobody got fired. Nobody got arrested. nobody no, Nothing big where I would have had to take out the computer. So I appreciate, appreciate everybody you know, Taking it along. easy. Yeah. yeah it was busy
0: it around me. here. I know you don't like traffic and busy in Austin. So right. as a lifelong Austinite, we had they match play in NASCAR, yeah. and this past weekend was crazy town. The
1: timing was not an
0: accident. <laughs> <laughs> Get out while the, everyone's descending on the capital yeah. city. Mike Craven is back with us. All right, quarter one, it's Texas basketball and the decision to hire Rodney Terry full-time. In our first three episodes, we certainly talked about it. I think you used the words at some point. It's it's kind of a no-brainer at this point to that Rodney Terry has earned the job. I will give Chris Del Conte the credit that he did – as said as he has said before i don't make decisions during the year unless it's forced upon him like chris beard was they had to make a call on that and uh waited till the season was over i would point out that we talked about the, the bruce burke situation at, at tennis that when they you know michael center got caught up in the fbi scandal <laughs> the uh, the admission scandal you know too true, true to his word chris del conti fired michael center because he had to and then Bruce Burke led the Longhorn Men's Tennessee into a national championship, and he didn't get the new job until the season was over, even after the natty. And then uh, even Tom Herman. I always think, you know, we talk about Tom Herman, that a lot of people think Tom Herman was outy after the Texas OU game and the Sam Ellinger, Eyes of Texas flap and all that went on. Completely
1: Quinn Uros decommitted that weekend.
0: Yes, completely going against the athletic director's wishes and how to handle the Eyes of Texas after games. Uh, a lot of people believe Tom Herman was dead man walking at that point. He waited until not just after the season, after the bowl game Mm -hmm. that Texas won to early January to announce that Tom Herman was not uh, moving forward. So, again, for Texas fans, which we go deep inside the program, this is Chris Del Conte's way. Uh, He's going to handle it when the season's over.
1: And I always thought it was a good idea not to disrupt the waters, right? like We felt like... He was going to be the head coach. I think if you asked, you pulled people outside, he was going to be the head coach as long as he made the sweet six 16. And there wasn't you know, an early bounce out, uh, but why take away that care? It, it felt like the team was playing for Rodney Terry to prove that he deserved the job. You know, why change anything going on there? I enjoyed what Chris Del Conte did, but I, I think ultimately it was a no brainer to hire Rodney Terry. He's 22 and eight as a head coach. Uh, really good in the conference. Won the Big 12 tournament. Led them to the Elite Eight. That's the
0: longest they've gone. You know since you know TJ Ford was on campus. So he had to be the guy. And if Dylan Dessou doesn't get hurt, and maybe Marcus Carr midway through the fourth quarter or fourth, second half at the Miami game in the Elite Eight in Kansas City, who knows? Who knows? Uh, if they they're still playing, and we're you know talking about them in the Final Four, maybe playing tonight. Uh, we're recorded on a Monday and for the national championship, um, you know, could be. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right, too. No-brainer. I also found it interesting the week before the Sweet 16 in Kansas City, the report came out from Kirk Bowles and some other places that there were other suitors for Rodney Terry. Penn State wanted to talk to him. California, Texas Tech may be interested. You know, to me, that's his agent doing his job, making yeah. sure, hey, guess, I, yeah, 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 AD, I think we know we're getting the job, but let's not go chinching on the years. Let's not go chinchy on the money. We have some other options out here. That's just an agent doing his job, getting the news out and the word out that he needed. So uh, I think that is uh, uh, the way it went. I agree with you. It was the right thing. And, uh, you know, the press conference last week was just a lot of positive energy. You know, when the coach walks in and the team is all there, every player on the roster, whether they're coming back or leaving, you know, stood up and gave him a standing ovation. Uh, the energy in the Dallas odds, who you know very well, came back to be there for the program and for Rodney, uh, who he knows very well. Uh, you know, it was just a, a smooth transition uh, a really, you know, as bad as things could have gone with the Chris Beard situation, December into January, the wheels could have come off the season, the program, you know, who knows they made the call and it landed about as smooth as it could have uh, to have the right coach who has a lot of ties to the program, who absolutely wants to be here. The players want him here. It seems like the recruits that are coming, want him here. And then Chris Beard lands at Ole Miss, you know, he probably not happy the way it went down, but in the end, You know, his personal life got in the way of his job, and he's out. But he's got a fresh start. He wished Rodney Terry well on a conversation they had when Rodney Terry got the job, and everybody moves forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the Texas basketball program is as healthy as it's been in a really long time, and that's with the head coach being fired in the middle of the year. And I think that's the biggest compliment that you can give Rodney Terry is he kept this within the lanes, right? Like you want to be a bumper alley uh, in a bowling lane, and he, he kept it within the lanes, and, you know, they're better off for it. Their recruiting class stayed together. And I think that's the other big part, right? Like, as a heck, we were talking about Tom Herman earlier. He lost his job as much because of the guys jumping ship on the recruiting trail as he did with the results on the field. Rodney Terry not only had the results on the court, uh, but he has the results in the recruiting you know, class, and he's got
0: some real big talent coming in. Mike Craven with the point that when Tom Herman was fought, was on his way out, Quinn Ewers decommitted and ended up at Ohio State. And, yeah, the relationships at every level were crumbling for the Tom Br- Herman. The Brockermeyer
1: twins were in yes. that cycle. Like. And
0: it just feels like Rodney Terry's connections are stronger than ever. Yeah. And I'll say this for Chris Beard. You know, whatever went on with his personal life, it's a bad situation for him. He's no longer with his ex-fiancee, and he's moved on. But give him credit because he built a really strong program in a short amount of time. Talent. And it wasn't just him. Whole staff. But he, he was able to hire you know 45 years of coaching experience, including Rodney Terry, onto his assistant coaching staff and present them division. The, the fact that the program was built on a solid enough foundation without its leader that it could do what it did. That's pretty uh, pretty strong praise for Chris Beard. I, and the I vision think, he had and the people he was able to bring in.
1: I think the other thing Chris Beard did was he built like real excitement for this team early on. Transitioning into the Moody Center and the students and doing his campfire stuff. Like He had really built an environment that carried that team
0: throughout that coaching change and throughout the year. Only one loss at the Moody Center. It became the home court advantage the Longhorns wanted. And it will be moving forward uh, for Rodney Terry. As for Rodney, can we see a little uh, audio with Rodney Terry? This is interesting. He got the job on Tuesday. Uh, he went recruiting. There's the number one player in the state for the class of 2024. He plays up at Lake da- Lake uh, Highlands up in the Dallas Metroplex area. Uh, but then he was down at the Final Four in Houston. Everybody goes down to the Final Four. I know Rodney wishes he was coaching in that Final Four with his team. But went down there and uh, Andy Katz, uh, longtime college basketball reporter. Uh, I don't even know where he's with. He's still the ESPN the Athletic, wherever Andy Katz is, uh, this is a pretty nice piece of video. A couple-minute interview with Rodney Terry down in Houston. Now that it's all de- decided, the dust is settled, five-year contract, Andy Katz caught up with uh, Rodney Terry to talk about the future of the program.
2: Rodney, I, I've been advocating for this for the entire season. <laughs> Finally, yeah. Crystal Conte gave you the deal, five years. You earned it. You deserved it. Uh, now you're the head coach of the University of Texas. It's been a long journey. What are you thinking? You know what? It's a dream come true. i um, a Texas guy through and through. Um, you know, my administration was great with, you know, with me throughout the entire process, and uh, it's a great day to be a Longhorn. Hook them. You guys were within a whisker, really, of being here, being in the Final Four. Phenomenal season. Now it's on you, it's your program. How do you deal with the roster management going forward? Well, I think again our staff's gonna do a great job of working with our current players first. Uh, and then I think from there then you start trying to to put a team together and put a roster together around your guys that are gonna be returning. Who can return? Well, I mean we're still working through that process too. I mean, you know, we will start some meetings early part of next week and start talking about guys' futures. But I know that some guys just they can't. They've run out of time. Um, so who are the who are the main guys that still have time on the clock? Well guys, still have time on the clock. Tyrese Hunter, you know, Terry Morris, you know, Dylan Mitchell's gonna have to, you know, weigh some decisions and things as well. Brock Cunningham will be returning for us next year as well. And, and Dylan DeSue still has has, uh, has opportunity to come back and, and play for us as well. All right, so you played Miami, uh, you know some of these teams, obviously the old uh, Mountain West, San Diego State, or, you know, you, you know these schools. How do you assess this Final <laughs> Four, who can get out of here? Well, it's going to be a very competitive uh, Final Four. I mean, I know Danny Hurley from the days back when he was at St. Benedict, and he's done a great job in his career in terms of uh, his collegiate coaching as well. He's got a really good UConn team. You know, Dutch defense at San Diego State, if you hadn't played it, you better be prepared for it, you know. And Dusty's done an incredible job at FAU, and I've had a chance to compete against his team that are very well coached. So you got great coaches in this Final Four as well. Congratulations again, Ronnie. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you.
0: All right, there's Rodney Terry with Andy Katz here on the Eyes on Texas podcast and multicast. Uh, You know, he kind of short, but he kind of laid out where the roster is. He's gonna, you know, two phases now. Mike Craven, you got to figure out your coaching staff. You know, I I know and and have been told that, that Chris Ogden would like to move back into that support role off the bench and doing, you know handling the NIL deals, handling uh, the transfer portal, and just being kind of that CEO, director of the the program, director of operations, uh, you know, which they probably will allow him to do because he does want to stay in Austin. Uh, Bob Donawald and Steve McClain did such a great job as top assistants, Brandon Chappell, I think most of those guys have an opportunity to come back. Uh, Do they come back? Uh, Rodney Terry has a really good foundation. I'm sure Rodney wants to go out and add maybe a piece of someone that that he's close with, that he knows from his days. Uh, He's been talking of an assistant coach up at TCU and some other places. Uh, That's first and foremost. And then it's the roster, which in this day's age, college basketball, It's forever fluid. It just seems like it's fluid all the way. Who knows who's coming, who's going, who's going to hit the portal, who's going to the NBA. Since we spoke last, really over the weekend, Tyrese Hunter, the point guard, the transfer in from Iowa State, announced he is going to test the waters of the NBA draft. He will not make a final decision or or lose his eligibility. Uh, You know, Dylan DeSue did this last year. You put your name in the the process. You get to go through the process. Um, Probably, I would imagine Tyrese Hunter gets a report of probably not first or second round. Which would bring him back, but he'll know what they want him to work on. They'll know where you know where he stands with the NBA, which he every all these guys want to play professional basketball. Uh, and then, but we'll we'll see. He's got until June to make that decision. Rodney Terry would like probably like to know a little sooner <laughs> what, what Tyrese, his starting point guard, most likely was going to do. Uh, I've been told that Dylan Mitchell may make a similar decision and just test it. This, no one thinks Dylan or excuse me Dylan Mitchell's ready to play in the NBA, but. You know, where is his game? If you're draftable in the first two rounds, maybe uh, that's a process. And then Dylan DeSue is an interesting one and heartbreaking for Dylan to not be able to play in that final weekend. As we said, who knows? Maybe they're playing for a national championship if Dylan DeSue doesn't uh, suffer a bone bruise on the top of his foot. Uh, Tried to give it a go, but I I can't think he wants. that's how he wants his Texas career to end
1: feel that's that feels like that's going to be a Colt mccoy shoulder thing you know where that's going to be talked about for like 10 15, I think will. 20 years because it really does feel like something left on the table especially with how Miami played in their final four game it's like Texas was better than that team they just didn't have all their horses and you know car got bumped and with uh, the so, locker room right and just you know they just faded down the stretch and the, and that can happen in tournament play when you're getting into third fourth round and you're missing some of your guys but you know if hunter comes back with morris with mitchell disue that's a solid core, you know. Yeah, add Brock Cunningham in there. Uh, that can do a little bit of everything. You got a couple five-star players uh, coming in on the perimeter that can, that can really help you out. Um, and then, like you said, you can always dip into the transfer portal. If we look at this team that just made the Elite Eight, you find three, four, five of their biggest key pieces. Most of them were transfers, and so you can go in there and find some guys to add a little bit of. Uh, elder statesmanly ship to, to this better leader. Yeah. Veteran yeah. guys, some veteran guys block. to go with this young talent. And cause I think in today's basketball world, you have to blend. It's not just all one and Duns anymore. Right. And it's not going to be all old guys that are in their sixth year.
0: It's going to be the teams that find the biggest blend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Texas can be right in there and, you know, San Diego State will play for the national championship. They've got seven seniors and two juniors of their nine-man rotation. I mean, they're all 23 years old. They're older than four or five NBA rosters and starting fives in the NBA. That's uh, just the way it goes right now. But you're right. I agree with you 100%. I think Rodney and Coach Terry has this on a good track where bring Bill Dylan to sue. Tyrese Hunter would be a third-year player. Um, you know, guy like Brock Cunningham who's a 20th-year player. You know what he's bringing to the table. And then, you know, Dylan Mitchell comes back. Arterio Morris comes back, and they develop. And They play year two as better players, more in the rotation. I know Arterio Morris at times this year was frustrated with his minutes and that he'd get yanked if he made a bad play. Um, But at the same time, Marcus Carr, Serge Bari Rice, Tyrese Hunter playing all in the backcourt. Not a lot of minutes. Not a lot of minutes. Next year, you know, provided Tyrese Hunter returns, there'll be a lot of minutes for him. And I think Artira Morris can be a special player on both ends. I think he can be an elite defensive player with his athleticism, his length, his, his body. Uh, and on offense, we saw him shoot it when he got hot, and uh, he can be a developmental player. And the two freshmen, obviously, the five-star kid Ron Holland from Duncanville can be an immediate impact player. Uh, while you were in Hawaii, Mike, they had the, ga- the uh, McDonald's All-American game, mm-hmm. and he got more rave reviews than anybody for the week of practice. The game itself, Maybe he wasn't a star, but the week of practice, NBA scouts were drooling over his ability to get to the rim. I mean, he's 6'8". He looks like Dylan Mitchell, but he's a better ball handler. Uh, He can take it to the rim. He's a physical player to finish and really a nice player. Number one player in the state of Texas from Duncanville. Uh, And then, you know, A.J. Johnson, a point guard from California, Los Angeles, which is interesting when people have asked, can Rodney Terry recruit and we have this piece of audio. This is interesting. This was also at the Final Four. And there, the beginning of it gets a little cl- cloudy with the, uh, the audio. But it's Rodney Terry and a group of guys talking. And, you know, he's trying to make the case that, hey, just because Chris Beard's not here, we built this roster, we as a staff. I recruited personally three of the starters on this team. So let's not worry that the, the sky is falling on the recruiting trail. Here's Rodney Terry uh, defending his, uh, his credentials when it comes to uh, attracting the best talent.
2: You Chris is a great coach and, again, I, someone I respected for over 20 years in the business. But, but again, Chris didn't put this roster together by himself. We oh, absolutely put the, We put absolutely. this roster tell together. Them again, tell him I'm again, RT. Tell him hey, again. <laughs> hey, hey, I recruit three starters. Tell him again team. now. Yeah. Know, I don't, I'm not one to pat myself on the back, but, you know, heck, we – we got the no, it. together. There you I'm go. You ain't got you have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Don't disrespect yeah. yeah. you either now. Yeah. Don't disrespect yeah. yeah. you either yeah. now. Yeah. We, yeah. They ain't do put, that by themselves. We ourselves. put this roster together. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I recruited three starters on this roster here, so let's go sure, sure, get man. it twisted. But All no, right yeah. you know what? Uh, you know, it's a team effort. It's always a team effort, you know, in terms of putting a roster together. I've been at Texas basketball, you know, when we've had the highest of highs. I mean, you could go back to the best five seasons in Texas basketball, and I've been a part of them. Uh, the entire time, so I know the landscape. I know what it takes to be successful at this university, and uh, you know we're gonna roll our sleeves up and, and get after. It. You know we're gonna try to get the best guys, you know not only in the, in the state of Texas but also around the country and you know internationally to come in and, and represent the university the right way, both on and off the court. But uh, it'll be a group, you know, it'll be a team effort in terms of putting a really good roster sure. together. But you know we're here for no other reason to try to win a national championship. Do you?
0: All right, you, so uh, there's Rodney Terry, obviously bristling a little bit at the suggestion he's not a good recruiter. He recruited for Rick Barnes, most of the best players on the Rick Barnes rosters while he was here. I mean, his credentials are for recruiting. One of the reasons Chris Beard wanted to bring him to Austin was to recruit and bring in, you know, top players. And as he just said, three of the starters, Serge Bari Rice, Marcus Carr, um, you know, Timmy Allen, these were guys he was the lead recruiter on. They were the guts of the foot, uh, the basketball team this year. So he can recruit. He's got these two freshmen that are coming in that are five stars and, and as we said, already in a good place with the number one player in the state of Texas for 2024 um, get out of the Metroplex. So we'll certainly follow that. Uh, but all in all, you said, a, a, I think a, the, the more most succinct way of saying it, the Texas basketball program is as healthy it's been in a long time, even amidst a coaching change in the middle of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. It's it's amazing that these are the conversations we're having and not like – who are they bringing in to fix this thing? And, and look at all the momentum that was that was killed by this deal. And, and for Texas to be where they're at right now, for all the feel-good, off the field, on the court, all that kind of stuff, is just a testament to Rodney Terry and that staff. And, and I'm glad that he was able to kind of to get that job and to get the five years. I thought maybe it would be a, be a smaller contract, a less-year contract. But I think one of the reasons, you know, we were talking about the Kirk Bowles story earlier, some of that's the school too. They want people to know that their coaches want it. Yeah, for sure. You know, and so, like, I think it's one of those deals where he would have been able to land somewhere really good. And I'm glad that Texas just went with the
0: angle, hire. too. Yeah, for sure, to get it out there that, hey, we weren't bidding against just ourselves right. here. We we needed to keep him. And, you know, Chris Del Conte at the press conference last Tuesday called it the, or maybe it was Jay Hartzell, the president, the longest job interview ever. Because, really, you know, as of December the 12th with the Rice game, he was on the clock and mm-hmm. they were watching. And Chris Del Conte was watching how the players interacted with him, how he interacted with the players.
1: What, what odds would I, you have taken that Rodney Terry would have gotten the job back then? Like if uh, I asked you December 15th. 5%. Right, exactly. And for them to go win the Big 12 and to get to the lead A, and the, like it's just, it's, it was a Well, hell, let me say, I, you a know job. what,
0: in, 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 a, in a moment of thought, I would have higher than that, only that I knew the roster was really good. So yeah. it's one of those things, if they stay healthy and they stay together, and don't let the distraction get in the way. They can be a good team. I just always
1: worry about Texas making the smart—you know, like, it's not a splash higher. Yeah, they're going to want—the the boosters, of wo- course, right. get you involved, and they, about-
0: Wright, right. and they want Jay Wright, and they want, you know— Gosh, Eric Musselman, uh, once he ripped his shirt off, that was it for him. He's out. (laughs) He's no longer. (laughs) You can't rip your shirt off at Texas. You're you're, you're Tom Herman headbutting people all of a sudden. You're out. Brett Bielema or whatever. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You're no longer on the list. Uh, You know, who is the president? You're Howard Dean now. Exactly. You can't be the president. Uh, But, yeah, you can't rip your shirt off. Uh, But, yes, the Boosters wanted someone bigger, but Rodney Terry, I think, proved to be the right coach and the right fit. And it keeps consistency and continuity in the program moving forward. Obviously, we'll have this conversation three, four years from now, and hopefully we're still rolling with the Eyes on Texas podcast if we can do that. That's the end of our first quarter. Texas basketball chatter. We'll keep you posted in upcoming editions of the podcast of what Rodney Carey's been doing. Obviously, it's a heavy football podcast, but uh, that's too big of a story and uh, development not to address. Uh, As we said, coming up in our halftime, we're going to have Mike Craven's big news from his vacation. Very big news, but uh, we do divide it into four quarters. Quarter number two is back to football, and uh, you know, it's it's spring practice. You've covered a lot of them. There's not a lot of breaking news from spring practice. The breaking news is there haven't been any injuries. Yeah, mm-hmm. stayed healthy, which is a good thing. Um, but let's let's in our second quarter, let's get into the offensive side. I wanted to play this sound from Sark and, and riff on it for a minute. Uh, Quinn, yours is the focus. Quinn, yours is the conversation. Uh, Arch Manning obviously was the conversation of recruiting, but for this team to reach the ceiling that fans and we believe it can reach, Quinn yours has to be better than he was last year uh and here's uh the head coach steve sarkeesian talking about the, maybe the maturity uh just the comfortability of art of uh quinn yours through the offseason and now through the first two-thirds of spring practice
3: yeah um i think a couple of things from quinn i think quinn had a really good winter conditioning kind of off season. um i think he got himself in really good shape um he definitely feels more comfortable. Um, you can almost a sense of, you know, he's throwing the ball very naturally, very comfortably. Um, you know, I think from a decision-making standpoint, the reads are just happening that much quicker, uh, that much more decisive. I think the management of our style of offense, right, the, the shifts, the motions, the tempos, the, the varying tempos, all those things of, of handling that aspect of the game. I think you're seeing growth. I think it just looks like a guy who's in year two and is growing into year two of, of, of the, from a comfort level, not perfect. And, and I don't expect him to be perfect right now. I mean, we challenge him every day and the defense is challenging the offense every day. And we're putting new things in. There's some things we're looking at that, that maybe we haven't decided are we going to put and have as, a part of our offense. And so that can be challenging on a quarterback because there's some newness to to what we're doing. But at the end of the day, I just think his comfort level, uh, but also I think his, his intent, right? I mean, he, he was very intentional this off season of getting himself in a, in a, in a really good space physically and mentally. Um, And I think it's showing uh, throughout the first eight practices.
0: All right. So there is uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, intentional I like those words uh, growing up a little bit and physically like uh, there was times where maybe he looked a lot of shape last year that maybe he wasn't in the best physical condition uh, and you know maybe the footwork suffered because of it needs to be quicker more agile with the footwork and uh, what'd you hear from Sark there that gives you confidence that uh, Quinn Yours is starting to to get this thing
1: uh, you talk to a lot of coaches and they'll tell you the best thing that can happen to a football player is a birthday you know, because you just, you grow up, we're talking about kids, you know, like it's easy to start thinking of these five-star can't-miss prospects as like grown adults already, that they're just ready-made, and he could just throw a football really well, but he had some maturing to do, you know, he he didn't go to his senior year of high school, his junior year he was injured for most of it, uh, and then his freshman year at Ohio State, he, he played like 10 snaps, you know, and so he just hadn't played a lot of football, and then he gets on the football field, he plays for five quarters, and then, you know, he has a shoulder injury, and then he's out for a while, and... Uh, he came along also in high school right when NIL exploded, and that's why he left early. And I, I think maybe he was doing it for the wrong reasons or the focus around him and his family uh, were for the wrong reasons. The Eyes of Texas stuff became a big part of his recruitment. That's why he decommitted from Texas on that weekend. Um, the NIL stuff is why he skipped his senior year uh, of high school. And so I think he's a kid now who has gone, well, if I don't start playing better, the real money on the other side is not going to be there. And so I think he's going to have to grow up and know that that room is getting better and better. And he's got a lot in front of him this year.
0: Agreed. And I think you laid it out perfectly. I mean, he's a, 17-year-old kid who skips his high school senior year. Uh, whether that's a good decision or not, time will tell. Sure. Hard to begrudge him. He made seven figures I would have done the same thing. while there. But, you know, that was a glorified internship in Columbus, right? He got to be around the program, didn't get to play much, uh, playing behind, you know, C.J. Stroud and, and what they were doing there. Got to see how a high-level, big-time operation runs. Who knows? Well, it would be in forever debate. Would he have been better served by playing his senior year and leading Southlake Carroll to wherever they were going to go? Or was he better served by moving on? You know, we'll never know. But we yeah, are right. He drops back in here. Again, in Texas, another young quarterback that's got to learn on the job. He gets hurt, and uh, he looked like a a guy who hadn't played a lot of football, as you Mm -hmm. said. He looked, at times when he could just stand in the pocket and fling it, looked great. When he had to make some moves and think about it a little for a second, he looked shaky. Uh, And, you know, that's, that's that's the evolution. Uh, you were around it, and I've been doing this uh, long enough to remember when fans were calling our talk show wanting Vince Young to be moved to wide receiver because he was struggling to be a quarterback early uh, out of Madison, even though he was the number one recruit in the nation, much like Quinn yours was. And, oh, we've got Chance Mock, move him to receiver. He's never going to make it at quarterback. Okay, well, he turned out to be pretty good. So let's tap the brakes. Let's be patient. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian's track record of developing good quarterbacks. And let's also say he's not going to be perfect this year. He's not going to not make mistakes, and let's not do the rush to judgment to put Arch Manning right on the field because he's a young quarterback who's inexperienced. That's what Texas has. They have three. It's probably the most talented quarterback room they've had in more than a decade, but you have three really young, inexperienced quarterbacks. Quinn yours is the most experienced, then it's Arch Manning, and then it's Malik Murphy. So talent, yes. Experience, no.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Murphy's had his own injury stuff where he hasn't played football in a long time with the way that California dealt with COVID and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, they've played 10 combined college football games, you know, between the three of them. And so uh, the talent is unquestioned. Uh, What they can do with that talent is a big question. And for Texas, when you have so much coming back everywhere else, it does lend itself to being a lot. Not that the Texas quarterback position wasn't going to be filled with pressure. But when 10 of your starters come back and your offensive line looks the way it does and the wide receiver core looks the way it does and the tight end's who he is and the running backs are there, it does feel like the quarterback and how well he or he plays or doesn't play is going to dictate what the season is.
0: Yeah, the ceiling of it, most likely, because we'll get it to it in our third quarter. The defense getting, getting the better of the offense in the spring so far, which is typically the case. Uh, but that defense has a chance to be really deep and really good. Uh, we'll talk about some of that side of the ball, but yeah, the offense let's hear from Sark again on, uh, he was asked point blank, who, who has really stood out to you through the first two thirds of camp. Uh, they had a big scrimmage this past Saturday. Who's really showing up uh, on a consistent basis. And here was Sarky. He, he cited two or three players who uh, have caught his eye.
3: Um, I think one guy that stands out to me right now is Keaton Crawford, um, who um. W- tremendous special teams player for us a year ago um you know i i think he was big 12 special teams player of the year this guy was fantastic uh he's playing r- really well at safety for us right now I mean, he's communicating at a high level he's making plays on the ball he's playing fast um he's definitely maturing um so he's, he's one guy that definitely stands out to me um another guy another guy to me that that kind of stands out are two guys that are in a healthy competition. I think DJ Campbell and cam Williams, uh, they're both working hard on the offensive line and and showing some positive things there. Um, And then I, I would say the, the, the last guy that, that makes sense to me that, um, definitely shown up a guy who wasn't a frontline starter for us a year ago, but I think is kind of assuming that role of that guy has been Byron Murphy, uh, on the defensive line. Uh, he, he's been a force, uh, here early on in spring that, uh, you feel his presence and he's tough to block. He, um, he creates a lot of negative plays and in, in, uh, is really strong at the point of attack.
0: All right, uh, Mike Craven, There is, uh, we'll get to Keaton Crawford and we're going to get to uh, Byron Murphy because we're going to focus on safeties in the interior D-line in our third quarter on the defensive side. But he mentioned two interior offensive linemen or even outside linemen uh, with Cam Williams and D.J. Campbell. You follow those guys on the recruiting trail. Let's start with the conversation with this uh, in our second quarter on the offensive line. I think we can safely feel comfortable to say you have three starters that are going to be hard to beat out right now. Uh, You know, Kelvin Banks is going to play left tackle as a sophomore on his way to the NFL if he stays on this trajectory. Christian Jones came back for another year. He's going to start at right tackle and anchor that position. And then Jake Majors started a lot of football games here. He's likely to be your center. I know Kyle Flood likes bigger humans, but, you know, this is your most experienced player at a critical position on your o line. That leaves two spots. That leaves left guard and right guard. Uh, A, do you agree with my assessment of those three spots? And give me your breakdown of left guard, right guard that's where i think the real competition will be through the end of spring through the summer and into fall
1: again I, this is a great conversation to be having because it means a good thing for Te- like the fact that we're we have three offensive linemen that we can pencil in and there's you know four guards that can compete for two spots is a place texas hasn't been in a while i agree that those three guys are pretty going to be hard to beat out. i mean calvin banks have the best offensive lineman in the big 12 um christian jones excellent played a lot of football uh jake majors as you said just a smart kid that's he's not going to get off the field like you, he's not going to be beaten out and so uh for me cole hudson coming back after the spring you know does hayden connor uh, look like with another year i think those guys played really well last year you know but dj campbell was the number one ranked you know interior recruit for a reason like the kid can really play football i'd imagine in his second year he's only getting better and he's getting a lot of snaps this spring that's going to help him out and then cam williams was always an interesting one because anybody who watched him i mean he he blocks out the sun like he's a he's a big big human around other big at duncanville humans. right yes at Duncanville. you like, watch
0: him in the state title games and the playoffs he just jumps off the well look at that guy looks like and, a mountain <laughs> and that i mean he's
1: he's on a field with dunk is duncanville versus north shore so it's like 19 of the 22 kids have division one offers and if like Anybody who'd never watched football game is like, who is that guy? I mean, he's, he's just that big of a human. Uh, if he can play guard, if he can if he can do both, where he can be a backup right tackle and also compete at guard, I mean, Texas is all of a sudden at a 7-8 man rotation on the offensive line. That's all you can ask for.
0: They haven't had that in a long time. I a think every Texas fan knows that. And then you pronounce the kid Neto's last name for me. I can't do it either. All right, Neto is there, and Malik Ogbo, those are two guys that are competing. They're future guys. Uh, we need to learn how to say his last name because he's got I'm, a brother coming too, I'm I think. I'm
1: bad. I have a very Caucasian tongue. <laughs> I, get, I, I, I am so bad.
0: I am so bad at pronouncing really anything. Well, I, mean, I think it's it, odds on it's Hayden Connor and Cole Hudson right now because they finished the year as starters. But DJ Campbell, number one player at guard coming out of Arlington Bowie. Um, Cam Williams, you mentioned. Uh, those guys are going to compete like crazy to try to get those jobs. And that's a great thing for Texas. And there's more depth there than we've seen. So quarterback, young inexperienced but talented offensive line emerging as one of the strengths of the football team in our second quarter. That's going to wrap up quarter two. We'll get into the defensive side. As you heard, Sark safety Keaton Crawford and defensive tackle Byron Murphy. We're going to focus on those two positions here in our in-depth conversation of Texas spring football on episode four of the Eyes on Texas podcast. That takes us to halftime. All right, very excited here at our halftime. And I can tell you, coming up as we get closer to the football season, we're going to be adding some new features at our halftime segment that you're going to really, really like. We're excited about that. But here during the spring, it's just a, a time to take a pause, take a drink of water, and get ready. But do want to start with this by saying that we have found and come, come partnered with our first multicast. Eyes on Texas, podcast on-air partner, and underwriter, which we're always looking to find. We really only want a few. We don't want this to be like a NASCAR and cluttered with sponsorships. We would like to keep it to some founding partners, and they're going to grow with us. And one of those is a good friend of mine, Carlos Carrion. The Texas Mortgage Guy. And Carlos is born and raised here in Austin, Texas. He's an avid Longhorn fan. He, like me, graduated from St. Edwards a little bit later than I did. Uh, He's younger than me. But he's got seven years in the mortgage industry. And he's not just here to provide you a quote for a mortgage or a refi. He's here to help you solve problems uh, and really strategize on the most important financial decisions that you'll make uh, for a new home and a mortgage or certainly for a refinance of some kind. He can currently, they're closing loans in 15 days at TexasMortgageGuy.com. Great communication, fast response times. not one of these things things where you can't get a hold of them, none of that. It's Carlos Carrion. Find Carlos at Carlos at carlosatthetexasmortgageguy.com. That's thetexasmortgageguy.com. We'll get a banner ad up here running as we go. But there's also a website, thetexasmortgageguy.com. You can find Carlos on Instagram, Facebook page at the Texas Mortgage Guy as well. Carlos Carrion, the Texas Mortgage Guy, huge Longhorn fan. If you want to do business with a great person who's upstanding, going to take care of you, for that huge decision, uh, do it with my good buddy Carlos. You will not go wrong, I promise you. We're not going to bring underwriters and partners on that that we are going to be worried about you working with. Carlos is uh, the best you're going to find, I promise you. That's TexasMortgageGuy.com. Carlos at texasmortgage.com is his email. Get a hold of him, and he'll help you get that going for a mortgage and a refi. All right, let's get to the uh, the breaking news from Hawaii. Uh, Mike Craven, we didn't do a podcast last week. You went to Hawaii on a beautiful spring trip, and uh, some major breaking news for you. Uh, go ahead and let us know what went on.
1: Yeah, so I got engaged. You know, I did, I did that Tight thing. Tied up, baby. I did that Locked thing. it down. If you're wondering why, she's up on the screen right now. Uh,
0: there you go. Look out, at this, out, Nolan. Good out, job.
1: Outkicked the coverage uh, tremendously. You said you met her
0: down by the, when you were working at the Statesman at the Taco yeah, she Plus? Yeah,
1: she works at Tech-S-Dot. Uh I worked at the Statesman at the time. Our offices were in the same parking lot, and there's a, a place there called Taco Joint, which I love. I love that place. There's a couple locations in Austin. I uh, figured out her taco order. My dog's name is Taco. I kind of <coughs> worked that into the, into the line as well. And, uh, yeah, so about two years of pandemic relationship, you know, we met. Met in the pandemic, so we had nothing to do but hang out with each other. Uh, so that worked out well for me. Probably not so well for her. But, yeah, when you ask her, I asked her in Kauai, and, and I did it. You may Hold respect Hold on. I want to hear how you did it. Tell me her name. Uh, her
0: name is Hannah. Hannah, okay. Okay. Now, I, I need to hear the layout of how you did it because you did it the right way. Right.
3: I mean, look at the view of that. Look that, at the view. Exactly. So You did it we romantically. La- we just landed, you two.
1: We landed on Sunday, right? And my, my thought was I'm going to do it early that she way has no sets idea. Tone. And she had no idea. That way it sets the tone for the rest. You know, she can't get mad at me on Thursday if she's been in, you know, proposed to on Monday, right? Like, it was going to make the vacation even better for me. So, Monday morning, she's a hiker. Uh, so, Monday morning, we got up at like 5.30 in the
0: morning because we were still used to our time. Okay, before up. you continue, I don't want to interrupt, but I wanna, I, I'm getting the picture here that you did this right. Unlike this guy. I don't know if you saw this while you were gone. Here's a guy at the opening night of the Dodgers game. Oh. <laughs> They're playing the Diamondbacks. I'm thinking this is not the way to get engaged. Can we see some of this here on the Eyes on Texas pod? All right, so he runs out to center field. There's there's the wife. Oh! (laughs) Dude, that is mean, bro. He did not have to do that. Oh, there you go. That's a nice piece of audio. What would you say over there, Nolan? You didn't have to do he that? You did not have to
3: do yeah, that. That yeah, was it was mean. uncalled for. It hey, his job is to
0: get that man on the ground. Don't right. jump on the field. He so, broke his neck. See, I, give him, I, give him,
3: I give it to him for dedication. Give him whiplash. Yeah. There's dedication yeah. to that. I think he's got a broken collarbone. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the hardest.
0: I don't know if I, a Texas player has hit anybody that hard in football since Brian Westbrook in right. Notre Dame or something. Like Nathan I saw, Basher on, a, <laughs> right? on that punt returner from Tony Texas Brackens Tech. Tony Brackens on, Tom, on uh, John McAfee. Yeah back in the day but Mike Craven d- just have some fun with that you didn't you did a better job
1: yeah I did a better job there was nobody up there I mean that was like right at sunrise that's 6 30 in the morning right there we got to the top of that canyon and in Kauai it's got the uh, Grand Canyon of the Pacific and Wam- Wamaya Canyon uh, and so it, it was a lot of fun it was a great time uh, and then we you know just hung out for the next four or five days perfect well we well done back. congratulations my yeah, friend yeah Congrats. Second, second time for me so, you know, trying to get to the third time is the charm, you know, and that required. You were married required, previously. I was. Okay. I was. I try to forget it, but, you know. Uh. <laughs> hey, you practice. Practice yeah, makes exactly. perfect. exactly. Exactly. Or, as my
0: man Bucky Godbold tells me all the time, perfect practice makes perfect. Right. So. And it was not that. So, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this next one goes. Well, you'll keep us posted here on the yeah. pod and the Eyes on Texas multicast of when the weddings we will have pictures of your wedding. Maybe we we'll come. I don't know. However, you're going to do it. Uh, all right. There it is. That's our halftime broadcast or halftime program brought to you by Carlos Carrion, the Texas Mortgage Guy. Carlos at TexasMortgageGuy.com. That's where you're going to find him all over his socials as well. Appreciate him jumping on board. With the multicast. Let's move to the third quarter, which is, as we said, going to be the defensive side of the ball, and it's going to be hinging on Steve Sarkeesian's thoughts uh, about standout players. We heard him earlier say Byron Murphy, who's just a wrecking ball. Uh, he's a DeSoto kid, right? Byron yep. Murphy, because yep. Texas is really building a pipeline with Claude Mathis' team, Jonte Cook and Trey Wisner, uh, but also... Byron Murphy out of that DeSoto program. Gosh, that's how Dallas has turned into a goldmine for the Longhorns uh, in recruiting. But let's hear Sark also on Alfred Collins. Uh, Alfred Collins, who, gosh, we know him from Bastrop Cedar Creek High School. Mother played basketball at UT. He's got all the potential in the world. And uh, maybe the light's going on for Alfred uh, here. uh, Finally found a position he's comfortable. in. here's Sark talking about Alfred and his progress uh, through this spring practice.
3: I think Alfred... um, has taken another step, right? Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about Alfred a year ago about, it wasn't about the talent. It was about the consistency in the play, in his style of play. And when Alfred plays that way, which he's doing right now, where he's consistent at the point of attack, he can use his length. He has great athleticism. He can close on the ball. Um, and and he, when he plays really violent, like he's doing right now, he's a, he's a real problem. And uh, I think that we've seen that here the first half of spring from him.
0: Real problem. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, let's focus on the interior D-line. You know, right now, Keandre Coburn and Moro Jamo are off to the NFL. Uh, they're going to, you know, be drafted in April, whether it's Friday or Saturday, probably Saturday for both of those guys. Uh, but you have Byron Murphy, who's so excited as a guy who's really emerging as a consistent every-down player for them on the interior. Uh, Tavondre Sweat came back. To me, that's the defensive equivalent of Christian Jones, right? You just you got an extra year out of a guy that, could have moved on, and he's experienced. He's a big, massive human being big man. who can who can be in that rotation. And then there's Alfred Collins, who has the highest ceiling of all of these people. Uh, and then you're dealing with uh, you know, Vernon Broughton, Jure Bledsoe for the freshman, Sadir Mitchell. Again, like we talk about the offensive line, it's a pretty good rotation of players. A couple of those guys, Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins, maybe even Sweat playing in the will play in the NFL. And Alfred Collins can be the pivotal factor there on the interior. We also found out this week that during the spring from some of the insider reports out there that Texas debuted a a heavy package on defense where they started four defensive tackles, essentially. And they had Murphy and Sweat with Collins and Broughton flanking them. I mean, that's – you know, you're, you know that's an interesting look for Pete Kwiatkowski, but we know Collins has that quick twitch and can get off the edge a little bit. That's interesting. That you know, just throwing a little wrinkle at the offense in a, in a spring scrimmage, but they've got some dudes over there. <laughs> that's thirteen hundred pounds of, of
1: man <laughs> up front in the defensive line, and uh, you know, with Alfred, it's I think sorry, hit it right on the nail, right? He's around him more than we are. It's always been about the uh, unlocking the aggressiveness in Alfred Collins. He's a basketball player by nature. His mom played basketball. He wanted to be a basketball player. Never really thought about playing football. He just got so big, and he was so good at it and dominant at Bastrop Cedar Creek um, that you know he, it became his route. You know he was going to be being a six six, you know post player. It's not very big, right? Being a six six defensive tackle you can do a lot do a lot of things the long there arms. right 22 size foot or whatever like you can do you can do a lot of stuff there so it was always about his potential uh, but it was about his mentality you know and not everybody's built for that and it sounds like he's becoming more and more aggressive more and more violent as sark said and if he can unlock that if he can untap that just within the lines you don't have to be a monster everywhere you just got to be one when you're playing football if he can figure out that part of it he's got as much talent as anybody that Texas has on their football team. I mean, he's that talent. He's, maybe he's in, the he's maybe in the Big 12. It's how you create
0: a football player. Well, he's a five-star player yeah. uh, mm-hmm. just based on that raw material. Byron Murphy was a high-four, five-star player that also could could maybe flip the switch. And right. Sweat and Murphy are kind of your proven commodities like that. And, again, we'll talk about it every every Eyes on Texas pod here. Uh, you have to you – know, here's, here's a pressure rate stat that is just huge. Texas was number two in the country in pressure rate last year behind Clemson, Right. Pressure rate, pressuring the quarterback. Clemson was number one and had over 45 sacks. Texas was number two and had 27 sacks, right? So the pressure was there. They weren't converting them to sacks. That's what's got to change. That's the number one focus of the defense. Because if you can get more, and we'll talk in future podcasts about the edge players and who's coming. Um, As we go, we're sticking to the interior. But a guy like Alfred Collins, if he can step up and be a six or seven, eight sack guy from the interior, along with Byron Murphy, well, now you're converting those pressures into sacks. Uh, that's 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 for college football right now. You got to be able to intimidate and hit quarterbacks.
1: And Tavondre Sweat, for as big as he is, is a really good interior pass rusher. Yeah, he, he's somebody to get pressure in your Think face. Think about the Alabama game last right. year. He played defensive end at Huntsville when he was in high school. I had like four and a half sacks one game that I was at. Um, and so like, he, he can get after the passer, too. I think this group of defensive linemen is better at that than the last group of defensive linemen. Yeah, the
0: Coburn-Ojima. Uh, right.
1: like They are better at getting out, out, out after the passer. Will they be as good at covering up the linebackers and stopping the run and being consistent? We'll have to find that out. But in terms of just raw talent and getting to the quarterback, these are the guys that can do that.
0: All right, interior D-line, a focus in our third quarter here on the Eyes on Texas pod. Let's flip it to safety because you heard it earlier, Keaton Crawford. Keaton Crawford, an interesting name. That was the first guy Sark mentioned when he talked about who's been standing out. Number 21, he looks bigger. I remember when my – my uh, uh, gosh, who's the former defensive backs coach? My friend is now at Mississippi State. Gosh dang it. Oh, uh, Jason Washington. Jason Washington. I remember I talked to him one night. He was driving out to – I said, where are you going, coach? And he was like, I'm going to John Tyler High to see this Keaton Crawford. Uh, I said, what's he all about? Oh, he's a corner, super fast. Uh, and But it turns out that at John Tyler, you probably remember this, Mike, from your recruiting covering days – he was more of an offensive player at John Tyler, and they would use him on defense in situations against a really good receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of do the Bill Belichick thing. This guy, we don't have anybody else to can cover this guy. Let's put Keaton over here and let him uh, neutralize their best receiver. But didn't play at all, full time, more of an offensive player. Then he gets here and he's a corner. Now they move him to safety. When we talk about Quinn Ewers and these guys where their heads are spinning, I think Alfred Collins can be in that conversation too. He's moved positions. But when you're moving from cornerback then to safety and you're trying to learn on the job. Uh, safety is a totally different animal than cornerback. In the view of the game, your role within the defense, you know, the physicality you have to play with and the big bodies you're going to deal with, different animal. But it is interesting. He was always a, a super-plus athlete coming out of John Tyler High. And maybe, the again, the light's coming on. He's grown into his body, and he's starting to figure out how to play safety. His problem's the opposite of Alfred's. Like, you know,
1: I, I saw Keaton Crawford get kicked out of a seven on seven tournament. You know? <laughs> like he just he's an intense dude. I'm not surprised that he is a great special teams player because he's he's a dog. Like that's just who he is. Uh, I think safety is a, be- is a better fit for him. His athleticism-, his athleticism goes from decent for a corner to great for a safety. Uh, I think that's where college football and all football in, in general is moving. You love those-, those safeties who can cover and play against those positionless-type offensive players that are uh, becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, and with Jalen Catalan out for the spring, it provides him an opportunity, and I'd imagine he's read and seen everywhere, assuming Catalan's going to be the starter, it's going to be Catalan and Jaron Thompson. He's not going to have a place there. He's probably taking that personally, right? He's a competitive guy, and, and that's what you want to see, is guys see opportunities and go get opportunities and not give up those spots as easily as maybe you know we project them to.
0: Uh, we're not being a broken record or redundant, but every position we focus on here is depth it continues right. to become the word because you mentioned it. Jalen Catalan will come back. He's the Arkansas transfer. Jaron Thompson was Mr. Reliable last year in the back end for them. Uh, There's still, you know, Larry Turner Gooden, the freshman. B.J. Allen. Tell me about B.J. Allen. That was a kid who was one of the highest recruited safeties in in the state coming out. Uh, He's a big-time potential player. He's competing. Michael Taff, Mr. Reliable who can bounce around from Westlake High School. But B.J. Allen's a guy that we don't talk about a lot.
1: Yeah, the fact that he's not finding his way into first team, even maybe even second team reps, I think shows what that depth is and how how talented that defensive back roster is now. Yeah, really good player out of Alito. His brother's coming as well. I think he's about to be a senior uh, that's committed to Texas too. So uh, just a really athletic guy that maybe can step into that You know, I think you start – you, as an embryo on special teams and you kind of earn your way there. Maybe that's his
0: way, you know, to, to, a, to a position. Yeah, I like it. Uh, that's safety interior D line. We also focused on the, uh, uh, the quarterbacks and the offensive line uh, in our focus is here in spring. That's how we'll do it. Next uh, Pat, pa- pa- Multicast number five. Uh, we'll hit the corners. We'll hit the edges. Maybe a little bit of linebacker as well. Really depends on where Sark and the the conversation takes us. But that's where it went tonight uh, with those guys: Keaton Crawford, Jalen Catalan, Jaron Thompson. Uh, you know, we'll also get into the star position next week uh, on our podcast too, because the stars loaded. Jalen Gilbo, uh, who's going to win that spot? Uh, how do they sort that out? Uh, it's a good problem. They have a lot more depth than we've seen before. And when we get to corner next week. Uh, that's that's also a really good position uh, where they, they could have, you know, really, really good players on the outside, which is uh, where this program is wanting to take it. All right, so there's our third quarter. We're going to flip into our fourth quarter now. Uh, that's how we break it up. Uh, conversation, that'll be the case into the football season as well as we we'll hit four quarters of conversation, separate the, uh, the topics and, and uh, really go inside. But the fourth quarter is about recruiting. Uh, and, Mike, is you know, you're with Dave Campbell's Texas Football Now uh, doing great work. We're going to find out your, where your travels will take you here coming up in the month of April. But before that, you did the, uh, the Fab 55 at the Austin American Statesman, so recruiting is your wheelhouse. Uh, we did have a piece of news while you were getting engaged in Hawaii. Uh, Deuce Robinson, Deuce Robinson, the last remaining five-star talent unsigned, committed to USC. Uh, he was the tight end from Arizona, uh, big-time tight end prospect uh also baseball and texas and georgia were in on it but kind of felt like a usc push usc got the commitment over the weekend or over last week so deuce robinson off the board uh tight ends a position we'll focus on for texas coming up they sounds like they're a little bit thin there with jatavion sanders at the top but who's the next couple uh they 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 kind of held a scholarship for deuce and it's not gonna happen
1: yeah and i mean you can't ever get mad at a guy for going and playing for lincoln riley no offense you know like if and those are, two, you know, it's like uh, Georgia Georgia probably fell out of the race when, when Monken left, when Mon- Monken left you know. And so it was like Sark or Lincoln-Riley. And with NIL and all that kind of stuff, I'm not surprised USC, but he's a really good football player. And I, I'll be surprised. it would be interesting to see if he even plays college football.
0: Yeah, some people think he wants to play baseball more. Yeah, right. He sees the longevity and the contracts in Major League Baseball. And you can always come back to football. Yeah, you could. The Kyler Murray deal. Yep. And a lot of good money being made in Major League Baseball. And you can play a lot longer, uh, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Uh, big 6'6 six, six guy, uh, not, not not as big as Aaron Judge, but I think that's kind of how he projects himself as a great athlete who can, who's can who got that size to him. Uh, but uh, word out of the junior days, I know you're in Hawaii, so maybe not as much intel as you normally would bring, but uh, Texas had a big junior day, uh, the, the the week they had the coaches clinic uh, during spring break, or coming out of spring break. Uh, all went well, a, a big barbecue, building those relationships. From your perspective? coverage of uh, and the recruiting trail how important are those uh, early events in the spring to start to build those bonds relationships face-to-face conversations
1: i think they're massive and sometimes for the reasons that people don't think about you know i don't think it's necessarily about being around the the staff as much or being around the campus as much i think it's about being around those other recruits yeah and you start having those conversations you start building some friendships you start going hey is this a place we want to go together is this a place that we want to go together like clicks exist uh, within recruiting and so you know with Texas moving into the SEC you know with all this momentum that it feels like they have off the field uh, it feels like they're turning that corner and those junior days can be really big uh, you know seed planting days to kind of start that you know five six seven eight guys kind of get together at a junior day and all of a sudden they got a group text and all you know now you know they're going to the same school and so I, I think for those reasons the junior days are big
0: agreed agreed and uh, one big name that's out there I keep seeing a lot of headlines and conversation about this kid Micah Hudson he's, he's really good he's from uh, Temple Texas Lake yeah. Belton High School uh, one of the top receivers uh, number five overall prospect in the country what are we hearing on Micah Hudson he's a kid that everybody wants
1: yeah I mean think Garrett Wilson like that's that's who Micah Hudson is about the same size same speed like spider-man catches every single thing that that he touches um, you know I, I think the the under the dark horse there is Texas Tech Interesting. Uh, you know, Texas Tech, Tech's really in the mix. You know, Zach Kitley, that offensive coordinator there, throws the ball all over the yard. I mean, that's an old school air raid. Throw the ball 500 times a year. Uh, and, and Texas Tech's got more NIL money than people think. You know, Cody Campbell, some money those out guys, there. Exactly. You know, they get twenty five thousand already a person. You know, per per player uh, there for the for the Matador Club. So they're they're a real player in it. Uh, but he's going to be a guy that takes it down to the stretch, and he's going to have any choice of any school that he wants to. I would imagine Ohio State, Texas. Uh, Texas Tech end up being, you know, the three mostly in the mix. And right now, Ohio State's wide receiver, you, you know, so why? Ohio State's always going to be in the mix there. I think Texas, for obvious reasons, is in the mix. But I don't, don't, don't think Texas Tech is just lip service. He's really thinking
0: about it being out yeah, there. Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State. You mentioned Texas Tech is in there, six foot one eighty five, kind of the same size as Garrett Wilson, but just springy legs and uh, great hands great uh, with the ball in the air at the high point. Good basketball of course, player. Yeah, well, much like Garrett Wilson was yep. at Lake Travis. Yep. And Texas, of course, hired new wide receivers coach Chris Jackson. Uh, he's in the mix and uh, reports that his connection with Hudson, it's one of the guys he's keeping a a lot of conversation with. Uh, that's that's the kind of guy, because he, of course, came from the NFL and the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, can sell the, the NFL experience a little bit uh, on that recruiting trail. We will have a recruiting segment every week on the Eyes on Texas podcast as the news develops. Uh, that will be absolutely the uh, a rock and a, and a solid thing we will do each and every week here on the Eyes of Texas pod. Also, so here in the month of April, Mike, uh, to wrap things up here in our fourth quarter of episode number four, and congratulations again on the – the the pending nuptials for you thank you but um you've got a real job Uh, i have a real job you can hear me every morning on uh, b&e on the horn uh, here in austin texas uh but you have dave campbell's texas football where you have to write stories and stuff right so uh, in the month of april everybody's in spring practice you're gonna be traveling all over the state and uh writing stories about texas spring practice what's your itinerary
1: it starts tonight after this is over I, i drive to houston i go to rice houston Uh, And then UTSA this week, so three stops this week. Going to do UTEP over the phone. Don't think I have the time to get out to El Paso this time around. Uh, And then next week it's TCU on a Monday, North Texas on a Tuesday, SMU on a Wednesday, Baylor on a Thursday. You know, after that it's Texas, Texas A&M. So I try to go. You know, we got 13 FBS schools in the state. I try to stop at each of them. Like I said, may not get to UTEP uh, this spring, but uh, it's a lot of fun. You kind of, you know, you get a one-on-one with the head coach, which is nice. Talk to some coordinators, talk to some players, you know, get in those buildings. Because uh, one, the one thing about being in my position or being like a kind of a, a senior writer or somebody, who's, you're never there enough, right? Like you're not a beat writer. You're not every, there every single day. So the more opportunities you have to kind of go get in front of everybody, uh, the better it is. And it makes for a better magazine. And that's kind of what we're doing in April and May at Dave Campbell's.
0: Can't wait to read them. And obviously, we hope as we wrap up our spring practice coverage after the spring game and then beyond, we'd like to do a. An every week, feature on an opponent for the Longhorns in the you know the upcoming season, how their spring went, have have coaches' conversations here on the big screen behind me, uh, the, the the teams Texas will play out of the state of Texas in the upcoming year. We know the upcoming schedule would – I think there are only two games outside the state where they play at Alabama and they play at Iowa State. Every other game is here in the Lone Star State. So we'll start those after spring practice wraps up. And obviously, Mike will have a head start uh, having to talk. to put a lot of miles on the car in the coming uh, weeks, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, we're going to get some more Marriott points to make up for the ones <laughs> I just
0: used in Kauai. <laughs> hey, start rebuilding. Start rebuilding. All right, that's going to do it for episode number four of the uh, Eyes on Texas multicast. Remember, you'll be able to find us on Spotify, iTunes, and certainly where we really want you to, to download and send out to your friends will be our YouTube page and our YouTube shows. We know that's why we have all the highlights. And Nolan Hogan, our producer, our digital producer, does a great job of bringing you those. So we have Sark Audio. We've got uh, pictures of Mike's fiance now. We've got Hawaii. We've got all kinds of cool stuff, and you got to watch that to see it, uh, but all you got to do is go to YouTube. You'll find it uh, at the Republic of Football and then Dave Campbell's Football Podcast. Also, HornFM.com. The Horn page on YouTube will have it as well. Uh, We're live from the Austin Radio Network here in Austin, Texas. He is Mike Craven. Uh, I'm Aaron Hogan. Appreciate uh, Griffin Hogan, our on-site producer. Also Nolan Hogan, our on-site digital producer. He'll be pumping out the social media and all of the alerts here coming up over the coming seven days until we we record another one. That will be episode five, Mike. We'll have another big Texas scrimmage in, and obviously next week when we record, you may be on the road. We may have you up there on a Zoom call behind me, but we will get the details and we'll have to be previewing. Not have to. We're we'll looking forward to previewing the spring game, yep. which will be coming up the following Saturday. Uh, have a wonderful Easter. It's Easter weekend. Uh, good Friday on uh, Friday, uh, Easter on Sunday. Celebrate that with your family. It's also Masters weekend, looking like a rainy one. You have a, you know, are you a golf fan? You have an odds pick for the Masters? Anybody jump out? My money's on uh, John Ram, I think. John Rahm?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Scotty Scheffler goes in as confident as any defending champ we've seen him in a long, long time in Augusta. Jordan Spieth's playing well. Rory. Give me Rory. Yeah, I'm going to put Rory McElroy out there as a name. The way I watched him here in Austin at the Dell match play, putting was better. And if he can putt, he can bomb it straighter than anybody. Uh, the little Northern Irish Have you Irishman. been out there? I have. It's I great. Have. It's, like, it really, it's fun. It's, an, it's an incredible. But experience. it's hard to doubt Scotty Scheffler after being out there to see him because yeah. he played, you know, he won the players. He won in Phoenix. He. Played all the way into the final four. And if he makes a five foot putt on the second playoff hole, he beats Sam Burns and probably wins the Dell Technologies match play again. No one playing better in the world right now than Scotty Scheffler, the lifetime Longhorn. Jordan Spieth, of course, looking for he hadn't won a green jacket since in eight years now. That's true. And it does, time flies. That's a flies. Time flies. Amazing uh it's uh, 2016 when Jordan went on that incredible run it's now 2023 uh so but rain in the forecast at Augusta not rain here for Texas football all right that's the eyes on Texas podcast I want to thank our friend Carlos Carey on the Texas Mortgage Guy uh for our becoming our first partner and underwriter find him at Carlos at texas com and the website there Mike thanks safe travels we'll check in with you next week appreciate it see you then